This episode of LIW Westworld Reviews rated Podcast MA for full frontal nudity. You can just hear it. Loitering in Wonderland Westworld Review. Hello, citizens. Welcome back. I'm back. Yep, I'm like the McRib, Eminem, and fucking Phoenix West. I don't know. I ran out of steam there. <laughs> Jesus Christ already. Uh, LAW Westworld Review, episode 13, 201, Journey Into Night. And yep, a bit late. It's December 13th today. I'm recording this. This episode episode debuted April 22nd. Good God. I... I uh, to be perfectly frank, I released that episode where I kind of did like a 2018 uh, LAW Studios catch-up thing, whatever the fuck it was called, whatever episode I released on all the feeds. I, I said I wasn't sure if I was coming back to Westworld or American Horror Story or Walking Dead. I have since came back to all three, but very, very reluctantly and late. I don't. I, it's not that I don't want to do this show. I just have been so fucking busy doing different things. A weekly episode of Things That Will Burn Hell. A bunch of shitty movie showdowns came out this year. Uh, started doing LAW or Lord of Wonderland uh, movie review as a video. I only did a couple of them, but uh, still doing those. Writing a bunch of screenplays and stuff. Doing a lot of things. A lot of writing, a lot of weird shit. And just kind of got buried and didn't... I, I'm 10 episodes behind on this. 10 episodes behind American Horror Story. Catching up all at once. I had the full season of Fear the Walking Dead I didn't do yet. A half a season of Walking Dead review I didn't do yet. The comic book for Walking Dead, two chapters of that I haven't done yet. Just haven't done anything. So I'm, I'm very gonna, very gonna, slowly going to catch up. I can't speak anymore. Anyway, Journey in the Night. I, I fucking miss Westworld. I figure I love this show, actually. It's not a show I'm forced to watch. And it almost makes it harder to talk about. Because Walking Dead, I can go on and on and on about how much I hate that fucking show. But this one, I'm like, I'm really positive about it. I like this show a lot. And I'm still going to do it, and we're going to have fun. We're going to try our best. It's force fun. It's force fun hour, okay? And hour meaning 20 minutes, 30 minutes tops. Anyway, starts with a wrap-up. Up, 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 up. Jesus Christ, this is just like American Horror Story I just did, where I just cannot speak at the beginning. Haven't done a podcast in a while by myself. Did a couple Walking Deads, and I'm just, I, I, it's just so out of touch, so out of character. Anyway... The episode begins with a wrap-up of season one, which for once I was like, I don't need a wrap-up, finally. When I watch The Walking Dead, it's one ear out the other, and in one ear out the other, rather. And it's just a fucking can't remember a goddamn thing, because I don't care. I just don't care. This show, I actually care. And I paid attention, and I, I broke it down, and breaking it down actually helps in this show. It's not like Walking Dead, where breaking it down only makes you more irritated at the show. American Horror Story, I like to break down and, and talk about it. It's I don't, I don't get any grand realizations of doing it, and I don't have any deeper thoughts afterwards. I just have fun making fun of it when I do, and then when I like it, I like to talk about that as well. This show is just pure positivity. I love this show. People say season two is not as good as season one from what I hear. I don't know anything about it. Nobody's talking about it anymore, and I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with that completely. It's it's going to be a surprise for me. So I, I, I've only seen this episode. I haven't watched any further episodes yet. I'm going to do, unlike American Horror Story, where I watch the entire season, and I'm going to review them one at a time. This one, I'm going to review them as I watch them. I'm going to watch an episode, do a review. Watch an episode, do a review. And so on. Ten times ten. So uh, here I am, Journey in the Night, episode 201. And uh, Dolores and Bernard are talking. Uh, we have... The only thing I can't remember is kind of what happened to Bernard. I think he wiped his memory clean, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think that's what happened. Him and Ford. But it's kind of... 
I'm kind of waiting to see. And it's just, this whole episode, I was like, does he, does he know? Does he? So I guess part of the wrap-up I could have used, I didn't get. Anyway, uh, they she starts asking him, like, what? what she, she's like, what is real? And his definition of real as, is that which is repl- irreplaceable. So real is that which is irreplaceable. And I'm like, I, I, I guess, I, I guess that works. I mean, if I have a paperclip and I replace it, because I don't give a shit about paperclip, does it mean the paperclip's not real? Or are you saying I can't literally get rid of it at all? But what if I boil it down and spread it out in the, in the nothingness so you can't see it anymore? That, that'd make it replaceable and just made another paperclip. What? I don't, I don't, it's just a, stra- a strange, a strange phrase. I don't understand it. Anyway, um, uh, Bernard wakes up on the shore. He's getting washed up. His glasses get taken away in the water. Actually, or some soldier wakes him up and she's some fucking butch girl and she's like, get up, motherfucker, get up, motherfucker, I'll fucking shoot you. I will shoot you with a fucking face. And, and Ashley walks up and he's like, whoa, whoa, calm down. Obviously, calm the fuck down. Jesus Christ. He's our boss. You don't want to kill the boss. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she has a super suspicious soldier stare and she looks at some like fucking robot playing cards on one of those like fabric loops that the, when you go look at carpet, they come in that loop, that little uh, key ring. And you kind of look at the you know carpet fabrics or uh, paint the paint colors she has those but like robot playing cards on them and i'm like the fuck you have those for you can't have like a digital readout like everything else in this fucking show i, I don't know why she has that she just arrived i don't know why she has that it's a little strange and it's there's such a there's such thick cards for a place that has several thousand robots and it appears like she had the top 20 cards like her collector cards with it she brought them with him just in case she, she got she got bored she could exchange them with the other soldiers what the fuck are they what are those what good are those they're so big. It's just weird. Anyway, they're walking around on the on the beach, and then they're watching as all the soldiers are just executing the robots. And it's it's fucking it's just like a fucking Westworld Nazi Nazi Westworld, I guess, which would be a fucking badass spinoff. Holy shit! Um, some fucking guy walks up on the beach. Some soldier dude, and his name is Carl Strand, and he he's kind of like he's giving Ashley shit. He's like. You should be fired. Like, why aren't you fired? Like, I don't really want to take advice from the guy who let this whole place all go to shit and had the most what, high death toll on, on Delos property. And I was like, you know what? That's not fair. No, no, that is fair because Ashley was barely even around in season one. He's supposed to be the head of security and that motherfucker's absent for like six episodes straight. What the fuck was he doing? And I was like, oh yeah, I, I kind of thought he died because we hadn't seen, I haven't seen him in so long. And, I, and I, when I say I don't need a synopsis of season one, Obviously, like some of the minutia I've forgotten because I, I've only seen the season once. So it's kind of, it, it's memorable, but it's still like the, you know, the little details are starting to fade. And, and I was like, oh yeah, he's alive. I just assumed he was dead. Uh, the one fucking girl died. The other security lady, she died in like very early on. One of the first episodes, maybe even the first episode. And then uh, Carl Strand tells a guy named Costa to scalp some Indian dude because he wants his memory. And he scalps him, and then he pulls off his skin, and he finds like the puzzle located in, like, kind of like tattooed in the inside of the scalp. He's like, "What the hell is that?" And they cut open his skull, and then they like pull out the. He, at first, he starts off by like, "Oh, it's outside, it's not very sanitary." I'm like, "It's a fucking robot. We're gonna get, give him an infection. What the fuck are you talking about?" Anyway, cuts up in his skull, brings out this little thing, and they play his memories. And the memory is like a video, and it shows Dolores killing him. And they realize, oh, Dolores, the farmhand's daughter, the farmhand's daughter. Oh, God. I remember her. And then, obviously, uh, 
fucking Bernard has some memories of her because they are best buds, apparently. And if you remember correctly, Dolores has a penchant for shooting our main character scientist in the back of the head because he ordered her to shoot him in the back of the head. Bernard ordered him her to shoot him in the back of the head during the meeting in the last season, in the last episode. So she just likes to walk up behind our main characters who are scientists and blow their fucking brains out. Um, it cuts to another scene, kind of like a flashback. They don't really tell you it's a flashback, but you figure it out because Bernard's there. Um, Stephen Ogg, who I fucking love, and I miss him so much from The Walking Dead. And he's he's at better use. He was a better character in Walking Dead because they gave him more to do. But he's dead on that show now, spoiler. And it's just, it's just, it's just unfortunate. But he's here. He's kind of alive. And him and his gang are shooting this, uh, trying to shoot a glass off a woman's head. And they're missing horribly. And the bolts are going through the barn. Inside the barn, Charlotte and Bernard, they're hiding inside. And good God, Tessa Thompson. I have such a cr- fucking crush on Tessa Thompson. Anyway, they're shooting the through the through there. And they're kind of hiding. Charlotte, Bernard, Charlotte and Bernard. There's a bunch of rich, rich guys inside. And then they're all trying to like hide from the robots. And then uh, eventually you see one of the bolts pass through. And then the blood pours out. And you realize they shot the woman. And they're like, oh, my God, they're turning on the host. Or the hosts are turning on the guests, I guess they're called. Whenever they say host, I hear guest, and that is a, it's my fault, I know that, I need to get over it, but I can't. So I, every single time they say it, I have to go, the ho- oh, the, they're the host, okay. It, it makes sense, it's a, this is on me, I know that, it's, it's my fucking hang up, I gotta get over. But the rich guys uh, decide they gotta get out of there, they start to run to uh, some fucking escape that's nearby. A farm boy walks in, like a fucking like eight-year-old, and he's like, hey, you want to go for a ride, guys? You wanna, what else can I do for you? I love to serve as humans. I'm not going to kill you guys at all. What can I do for you guys? What can I do? And it's not like a, it's not a trick. And they're like, get him! And they start beating him with like rakes and stuff, beating him to death. Bernard tries to save him, and he ends up getting knocked over. And Charlotte's like, if you're going to be a hero, don't save the house. Um, I, I'm guessing she doesn't know that he's a robot. That, that's the only thing that makes sense because the rest of the episode he's trying to hide it so I don't know why I'm saying that because I was talking to myself through in real time and I'm like okay she probably doesn't know I guess nobody really knows except uh, Dolores knows obviously but there is some stuff about Bernard later that happens I don't understand but Bernard finds some like clear liquid coming out of his head and at this point I'm not even sure if he knows he's a robot I I think he might he's kind of he might be figuring it out again figuring it out again good God not figuring it out that's a whole different thing um, Dolores and Teddy, they're out like on horseback, fucking hunting down humans on, on horseback, just like doosh, in the distance, blowing them apart. They grab some some rich couple, they put them on the nooses and on these little sticks, so they're standing there. And then like, if, if they move it all, they hang basically. And they start like she starts doing like this big epic speech, like I'm not even gonna repeat what it was, just like really going into detail of like you guys are you guys treat us like shit. Like, what the fuck do I care? Like, I should shoot you right now. And she doesn't, she pulls the trigger in the guy's mouth. There's no bullets. She's like, no. And they just trot away. And you see like this woman just like slipping in her high heels on a piece of, piece of fucking wood. Anyway, I guess they live. I don't know. They don't kill anything. But before she goes away, she's like, you got to help us. You can't leave us here. And he goes, she goes, doesn't look like anything to me. And, and trots away. He was like, ah, it's the line from the show. <laughs> oh man. They have that show or that quote, and they also have the these violent ends bring these violent these violent delights have violent ends or whatever the hell the quote is I forget, but those are the two quotes in this show, and by fucking god they use them both in this episode. Um, the next scene is we get to see that Ed Harris is still alive, the Man in Black, who's not quite the Man in Black yet. Again, he like throws a body off him. 
He starts to walk around. He sees another guy, and he looks up, and the guy gets shot in the fucking head. And then the guy, two guys are shooting at him. He's behind him behind a well. They come after him. He beats him to death. He he beats one of them, shoots the second one, and then chokes out the first one, and then or, or slits his throat. That's what he did, and it was pretty badass. And he goes inside and opens a trunk, and then he, he like suits up like in this man in black suit, like he's going out for one last heist before he retires. I'm like, he's got like a full Walter White turning into a Heisenberg suit in his fucking trunk. And he's like, yeah, we're going back out. And you can tell he's excited because now it's real. Like, now the shit is real. He saw a real human get killed in front of him. Now he's like, here we go. This is what he's been looking for the whole time. This is why I love the character. He's not, you don't know, he's not really after anything, but he also. He's kind of suicidal in an interesting way where he's not trying to get killed. He's trying to survive, but he wants to know why, what's the point, what's life about, I guess is what he's looking for. He, he keeps talking about the game, but really it's about life. And he's just like, let's see, let's just see what's out there is really what he's looking for. Just let's see what's next. What, what else can we get to? It's, it's interesting. It's, most shows have to have some sort of singular purpose that they're working for or toward. And then that's all they can focus on. And God forbid anything else that gets in the way of that. This one's like, well, it's just along for the journey. And really, he's the audience audience character. He's the uh, audience incarnate. He, he's he's the audience character in, in a good way. And not in a pandering way that fucking like Michael Bay movies do. Where it's like, what's he doing up there? Like the guy in the street just like, oh, no, he doesn't. He's going over there. Like, I don't need you to, to, to narrate the movie MST3K style. Please fucking stop talking over the goddamn movie character in the fucking movie stop it but uh we cut to lee he's getting chased by a robot and some fucking like crazy cannibal looking dude i think he was a cannibal he uh he's getting chased by it he falls down he hits he tries to hit the robot with a leg but the robot catches it and then fucking mave comes out of nowhere and shoots him and they have like this little chit chat back and forth and then she's like i'm leaving and he's like Wait, how, did you do this? She's like, no, I didn't. But I feel like I feel the same, had the same sentiments that whoever did it does. That's a clumsy sentence I just did. She didn't, she said it less clumsy than I did. Obviously, she 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 probably practiced her lines at least once. I did not. I watched this last night, and I'm trying to remember it as I'm talking. But he he's like, you can take me. I know I know this place. I, I have a map. And then she's like, she's like we can go to six. At first, I thought you were crazy. Like we, we back when you were in sector sector fifteen, where you had that fucking kid. You know, and she's like, take me to the kid. And he's like, that kid wasn't real. She's like, am I not real? And he should have been like, no, no, you're not real. Because I know that the real definition of real is if I can blow your brains out and just pull a few wires together and bring you back to life like it never happened, that means you're not real. Because if I do it to a human, shit's going to not work right. Shit's going to be broken. Shit is not going to turn out right. It's He's dead. He's just full fucking dead. There's no bringing him back. You can bring him back. Then you get like a fucking Frankenstein monster walking around chasing kids and screaming about fire. You're not going to get a fucking just perfectly fine robot who has no memory it happened. You might get a guy that comes back to life with no memory it happened, but he's not ever going to be the same. He's not going to remember his fucking kids. He will start drooling. He will. He's a fucking vegetable of a person. He's not even a person, really. I would say that guy's not even real at that point. I dare say it. If I'm in that condition, I'm not real. Fucking kill me right then. If I'm drooling and not recognizing anything and nothing is anything to me, I'm not real. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not real. I don't need a debate about humanity and philosophy of life. I don't need it. Just fucking pull the plug. Fucking plug me one in the brain. I don't care. I don't care. I will still find Tessa Thompson attractive, though. I will still be attracted to her. That's just a fact of life. That's what, that's what happens here. Call me. 
Anyway, um, some rich dudes, they're all running around, Charlotte and, speaking to her, and Charlotte and uh, Bernard are running around with these rich dudes still. They find, like, this truck, and they're like, oh, what's right over there? It's a truck. And you see some, like, dead work or workers there standing against the truck. I, I spoiled it right there. I just spoiled it. They run up there. The workers are dead. I don't know why I already spoiled it. Anyway, uh, they fall over. You've seen the show if you're listening to this review, right? Sorry for blowing in the microphone right there. You've seen the show if you're listening to this, so I'm not really spoiling it for you. But I still would like to have a little bit of mystery, a little bit of romance before I say my words. But I, And I blew it. I just read it word for word off the page, and I fucked it. I, usually I can... I read my notes and I can translate it so a way I don't fuck it up and, and not spoil it. But I wrote, rich dudes find a truck with dead workers then killed. That's how simple my notes are. And I, I, I go in and I just say it word for word and I fucking blew it. And I'm kind of mad at myself. Anyway, they all get killed. Bernard realizes something's up. Him, he saves Charlotte, thank fucking Christ. And then they, sit, they, they hide and they watch all the... I think it might have been, but I don't think it was the same actress, but it could have been. The uh, fucking octopus, was she an octopus tattooed lady? She walks up and she shoots them all, and then they all get killed. And then, this is when I have my note about what makes you real. When you die, we can bring it back, and it's just the characters talking. It's a lot of just characters talking in this, in this show. It really is, but it's interesting. The difference between this and The Walking Dead is this is interesting. It's characters talking about things I'm interested in. Not just, we gotta survive. Oh yeah, how we can do that? We'll find a way. I guess we'll find a way. We found a way. Oh, no, a new threat. We gotta survive. Repeat. Just a fucking repeat, like that Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore movie, 50 First States. It's just a constant resetting uh, of the plot over and over. Anyway, Maeve and Lee... They, they're running around trying to get to the, the to the map room, I guess. They find some soldiers. They stop them. And, and she passes as human because she's wearing a, a fucking dress. And then uh, he's like, well, what if one of the robots is wearing human clothes? And the soldier's like, wait. And then by the time he freaks out, uh, he realizes that she's probably a robot. He gets, all the soldiers get killed by a bunch of random people. And then Maeve finishes them off. And then she threatens to kill uh, Lee and doesn't. Until next time. No. Um, <laughs> then they, they run around and they find Hector at a bar. They realize the map is outdated because the map room went down. There's a whole fucking map room. He says he can help her out still. They go and they find Hector at a bar. And Hector, I missed. I missed that guy. He's a, he's a great character. Uh, I'm not even being sarcastic right now. I really do enjoy him. Him and Maeve in last season was, was fun. Uh, when he has to kill her. It was fun. But Charlotte and Bernard, they find some sort of weird access elevator hidden in the desert. There's like a little switch in the desert. like doo, doo, And it moves. It comes up from the ground. I'm doing my own sound effects. Uh, I'm a great, great Foley artist. And then they go downstairs. And this is where it gets confusing for me. Because they're going downstairs in this like secret secret room that nobody ever goes into. It's like this weird robot making robots, fixing, fixing robots and like recording memories and stuff. But they go up to the door and she goes, It'll, it tests your DNA. And it has like a little... It's a pure white light. She touches it. It turns green. Little fingerprint, thumbprint size light. She doesn't touch it with a thumbprint. Just holds onto it. And it turns green. And he does the same thing. And it turns green. And I go, the fuck? There's DNA in the robots? So he, Ford, gave this robot his DNA. How is it? How? Uh, Okay, okay, moving on, I guess. Because they're not going to focus on it. 
There's someone like weird drone host that keeps scaring Bernard. <laughs> it's like a run, running gag almost. He turns around. There's like this creepy ass fucking pure white robot, and it looks like a a prototype of a car. Like when they're not painted, and it looks this creepy. It looks like a Silent Hill creature out of a robot. <laughs> like it's so fucking weird looking. And then they they realize Charlotte realizes no help is being sent. They keep talking about packages. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Some sort of package they have to send. She's like, it's been sent. Please rescue. Like, no help coming, basically. And then Bernard realizes that they're saving the guest's memories and their DNA. Like, I, I'm guessing that means the cum inside the robots. What else could that mean? It has to mean that. I don't. I can't imagine what else it would mean. Anyway, uh, Man in Black walking around. Uh, he, the little boy from season one walks up to him. Uh, the little boy that's dressed like fucking ACDC, the Angus from ACDC, and he's like hopping around in little shorts. But he's like... Hello, are you finding the game fitting for you? It's made for you now, and it's got, like, Ford's voice over top of it. I don't know if we're supposed to know it's Ford, but it clearly is, because that's something creepy Ford would do. And then the man in black just shoots him in the fucking head and walks away. And I was like, that was bold, dude. Fucking bold. Damn. Dude's a fucking straight savage. And no wonder he wears black. Goddamn. But I guess that kid's dead now. And again, it's like uh, fucking... American Horror Story with the Witches, where you just keep bringing characters back. They can just keep bringing these characters back. I don't know. I have no... When they're dead, I'm like, oh, they'll be back. I just assume so at this point, but they could not be, because I don't know if they're rebuilding this fucking place or not. I have no idea. So, that kid could be dead. I don't care, but I'm just saying, you never really trust if they're dead. Like, it's like a fucking soap opera. I don't know. They might come back to... They might come back. They might come back with a twin brother with a mustache. I don't know. Or an evil goatee. They could be back. This could... This could... could not Could be alive. I don't know. And I got news for you, dear listeners. Um, uh, the warning in the beginning of the show was about the full front of male nudity. And here it is. Because if, you're, if you were wondering, if you're sitting at home wondering, I wonder what Lee's wiener looks like. Well, wonder, wonder no longer. Because we get a full frontal nudity shot of Lee's wiener. And I feel like this season is them going, well, last season, Maeve especially was nude for half of her scenes. So time to do a lot of little justice. In fact, they even, she even's like, you're going to take off your clothes. She's like, all of them. And all he does is get undressed, show his wiener, and she lets him put his clothes back on. It's kind of, I think it's the show and obviously the robot, you know, calling attention to that. But I think it's also the show doing the same thing. And I was like, okay, I'll put up with a wiener. I don't care. I really don't. It doesn't bother me. I thought it was funny. Please keep doing it, show. Please keep doing it. I'm not a guy that likes nudity much. Not that I don't like nudity. I just, not in my shows, not in my dramas. It works in this show. They do have a lot of nudity in season one. To the point where I'm like, I don't need this much nudity. Am I supposed to be jerking off to robots getting questioned in chairs? Sitting there with blanks, like blank faces? Is this supposed to be erotic? I don't understand. You don't need this much nudity, HBO. That's not why people are watching. It's really not. I know you think it is. I really think you think that's it. I think you got to realize you have a quality show. This episode had his wiener and like some a robot was laying dead on the floor and you can see her tits. And that's it. And I was like, okay, that there we go. I mean, there's still a wiener and some dead tits, but still. A lot less than normal. So I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I know I sound like a weirdo complaining about nudity in a show on HBO, but some shows it works in, it works in, in, in Westworld, but I've seen some of their shows where like, they are really relying on nudity, like fucking true blood. I don't think that's HBO. I think that's Showtime, but still 
Like, if it wasn't for nudity, that show would have zero watchers. It would not have made it. And it's just fucking pathetic. Like, Game of Thrones. I like Game of Thrones. I get it, Game of Thrones. I get it. You can show tits. Fucking congratulations. Do you have to nonstop? Do you think that's why people are watching your fucking show? Do you really think... Like, that's insulting. It really is. I'm watching it because you have a well-written show. I don't need that many tits. And it's just a, a, a little bit too much for my taste. I'm not a prude, but when it gets in the way of the story and the, like, some of the cameras are just focused on tits before they even show the, the scene that's happening, I feel like it's like, nipple. One, two, three, four. And action. All right, scene happens. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, okay. I'm like, why? That's, that's, I just don't want to get in the way of the show. If it works with the show naturally, like in the whorehouse, in those scenes, it works. But when it's just like them in a room, not so you don't need it so much. Just make it work for the story. That's all I'm saying. I'm done with my nudity rant. I never thought I'd rant about nudity, but here I am. Um, anyway, so that's Lee's wiener. Uh, Bernard, uh, he starts talking about he's trying to fix something for Charlotte. They're trying to locate what the fuck are they trying to locate? I don't even remember, honestly. They're trying to locate something. And he, he basically says that the hosts all have like this mesh network to share information with each other without talking. So they don't overlap storylines so that when they, the storylines change, they can alter their paths so not to you know fuck with it. Which I was like, again, fascinating for me. Because I'm like, that's fucking smart. That's a good way to do it. It makes sense. And it's these simple little things that they put in the show that they didn't have to. That the story would work without it. But they bothered to do it. And that's why I love this show. Not the nudity. It's because it's, it's not... It's not the tits that make me think. It's the, it's the shit like this where it's like, that does make sense that they would do that. When I, and I kept wondering, like, is it how how far does that go? Like, is it like a like in a video game where like all of a sudden you you hurt, kill one soldier and the soldier three towns down is like, oh, we gotta get him. And I'm like, how the hell did you know? You weren't even like like bad seat or bad uh, AI in, in a video game. I hope it's not like that. Like, if I kill a guy's wife, does he just show up out of nowhere even though he wasn't nearly near or, or didn't hear anything? Like, couldn't possibly hear anything? And I was like, I wonder how in the detail that I went. It made me think, is my point. I'm not going to go into all the details I went into wondering, but it made me actually fucking think about how the robots work. And that is insane that I'm still thinking about this stuff this far into the show. 11 episodes deep. And I'm still going, I wonder how those robots, like, you know what I mean? I'm still thinking and wondering and, and pondering about and all the, all the words that sound like that. And I'm still focusing on the robots and how that world works and what the hell they're doing and how they would react if you change the storyline, how that would actually play out in real time on that, on that place. Not that I want to fucking go there because that looks like a goddamn nightmare. I still don't understand how you wouldn't just start killing people. You wouldn't know that they're re- not people. You know what I mean? Because they give you knives. Like, the guns don't work on people. But if you take a knife and slit someone's fucking throat, it's slicing someone's fucking throat, human or not, robot or not. It's going to fucking kill them. How do you know you're not killing a real person? That's where it gets a little bit scary. You almost need the park to just yourself, but that wouldn't work. Anyway, that'd be real expensive. Uh, Anyway, so they reveal that... Oh, that's what they're looking for. I saved up my notes here. It's at the very tail end. They're looking for, and I'm so excited because to go back and listen to episode three of this program for episode 101, uh, where I'm very excited about uh, Lewis Hertham's character, Peter Abernathy, who plays Dolores' dad. 
who I fell in fucking love with that actor. And he was in like two episodes and left. He has a scene in, I think it's episode two, maybe the end of episode one, where he's sitting on a field, like watching, looking at a photograph of like a car. And he's just like his eyes and his face. And I'm like, holy shit, the guy's not speaking. And I'm like, God damn, I love this actor. And they're looking for him. I'm so fucking excited. He was at the tail end of season one, too. He's nude in the room, and he kind of came alive. And I was like, yes, here we fucking go. I'm so excited to get this actor back. I really am. He had such a minor role, and I'm so fucking excited. And I hope he has more to come in in the rest of the season. So I really hope he has like a main role later on. Because I fucking love that actor. Um, him and Stephen Ogg and Tessa Thompson. That's all I need. Just the three of them. I don't want to see him do anything. I don't want to see Tessa Thompson naked in the show. Can you can you promise me that show? That's how serious I am about not wanting nudity. I like her. I, I have a crush on her. I do. I'll admit it. I don't need to see her naked in the show. Let me have this. Let me have my... Uh, let, me, let me act like she's a princess, okay? I want to treat her right. Even in my own fantasy here, I'm going to treat her right. I'm, I'm a fucking weirdo. Just go along with it. Um, just don't do it. I don't, I don't think she'd do it. She might. I don't know. I, I hope she doesn't. There's no reason for her to do it. She had a little bit in season one, but they don't show anything. And I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Anyway, and I'm totally serious, by the way. It sounds strange, but I am. Anyway, I need to fucking stop talking about this. Uh, Bernard, Carl, those guys, all those dudes, they find uh, all the dead hosts in a sea that they didn't know was there. Like, literally a fucking ocean. They're like, how did this get here? And Bernard's like, I don't know. And they're like, and they go down there and all the bodies are floating. I'm like, I don't know what's happening at this point. Even I don't. They'll probably explain it later, but I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to wait. And then Bernard's like, I know how they got here. I killed them all. And I'm guessing that's happening after him and Charlotte uh, flee from the, and go to look for Peter, Peter Abernathy. I think this storyline that Bernard is with uh, Carl and, and the, the other Russian the soldiers dudes. I almost said Russian soldiers. The soldiers. I think that's happening after this season or after this whatever storyline they're telling here. I think this is like the last of this of this story. We're, we're kind of playing catch up and seeing at the same time. I assume that's what's going on. I don't think that's... I'm, I'm you know, using my fucking voodoo foreseer knowledge here. I think that's just what's happening. I don't think, I don't think they're hiding it. Like uh, the fucking man in black... Uh, Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Simpson thing. Um, anyway, um, and I was like, I couldn't figure out what the fuck was floating in there. Was that, I couldn't tell if it was Teddy or not. It was really hard to tell, and I don't know. And since I haven't watched episode two, I, I don't know still. So I can't wait to find out. And this is why I only want to do one episode at a time because I get to I get to see my excitement in real time, raise my questions in real time, and get my answers. And I'm excited for episode two reunion. Before we get to a bunch of episodes I don't know how to pronounce. Virtue Fortuna, Akane Nome, Kiksuya, Les Escorches, and a bunch of different languages. Riddle of the Sphinx. I can read, read the one that's called The Passenger. I don't know where the season's going. I have no idea. I'm excited to find out. I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> Stop reading episode titles for no reason. Good God. Um, yeah, I go to LAWstudios.com. Uh, if you're Tessa Thompson, loitering at one at gmail.com is how you email me. Patreon.com slash loitering at one studios. I'm going to act like I'm nervous for no reason. Uh, until next time, in the meantime, I'll be back for Westworld Episode 2. I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. <laughs>